coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Not too long ago, the world was shocked when we seen we lost a legend, living legend, who was the actor chose to portray most of our legends. Mm-hmm. Um, Chadwick Boseman. Um, Be here, Atlanta's own hip hop doc, Doctor MJ Carr. You heard on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. And how did you become the hip hop doctor? What's that journey? And I was like, well, I need to go get a checkup. He said, man, when the last time you got a checkup? I was like, never. <laughs> like, uh, you know, men, we look at our health is, if I can go to work, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. We may feel like <laughs> yeah. crap. Hey, look, yeah. say that again. <laughs> if I go to work, I feel like, you know, you may Is that why you hear a lot, you hear a grown movement where uh, a lot of sisters are saying, you know, like, listen to black women. They're going to these doctors and sisters are dying during uh, pregnant like. That move. Have you been hearing that? Yes, yes. Customer service, but it's also culturally sensitive healthcare. Mm. It is very important. Culturally Culturally sensitive. I like that. So when you have uh, a a person that doesn't understand the black experience, you know, and I'm not saying that going to a majority doctor is bad because sometimes it's necessary. Uh, You know, if I'm getting surgery, I love how you say white. Yeah. How much does having a primary care physician cost? Right, you say brothers will spend money on cars. They'll have a, a, a religious. Yeah, how much do I owe you? <laughs> how, how, how how much is it for them to feasibly put it in their budget to say, okay, this is my barber, this is my accountant, with or without this, insurance, this is my doctor. Well, it can cause a uh, blue vision and or blindness, but I don't know anybody that's going blind from because hey, I know. Have I you heard of Blue Chew? Yes. <laughs> what you think about Blue Chew? <laughs> well. Um, do you discriminate against your patients that uh, partake of marijuana? Oftentimes, too, when people, uh, again, they hear you. I do have a forum being on the radio. People hear you. I've had people go to the emergency room and, you know, and say, my doctor, Dr. Collier. And then they call my office and say, we have your patient, you know, Mr. Jones here. And I say, well, I can't find his, his medical record. What's his date of birth? And they say, well, when was the last time he was at the office? Well, I've never actually been to your office, but I heard you on the radio, and I want you to be my doctor. So. <laughs> Number one piece of advice, prostate health. We were talking about that. Uh, prostate cancer. Number one way to keep your prostate healthy is frequent ejaculation. Okay. Don't tell me that. This episode has been brought to you by OnlyFans. <laughs> Get it in. What about the gas station pills? No, 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 no. no. That, that, you, you have heard that, me that say yellow, that yellow hornet. If, <laughs> if you don't hear anything else from me today, so he'll, not, talk, he'll talk about those. Do not good. buy your pharmaceuticals from the bulletproof gas station, okay? Extend. Your pharmaceutical products. Extend horny goat weed. Let me ask you this, um, because you're talking about schooling, right? Yes. Um, I saw a report that said, like, for black doctors, like black, especially black men getting into medical school, mm-hmm. the numbers have just dropped they astronomically. Have, they have dropped like, astronomically. Can you speak to that? Uh, absolutely. The number of black men, one, there are more black women that are going to college. Okay. So uh, I just want to know, what is your vision for, I was, as we close up, what's your vision for our people, health-wise? Mm. You know what I'm saying? If your vision was to manifest all the way, what do you want to see from us? Ready? Born ready. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday. Greatest day of the week. Talk to me Tuesday. Time for you to turn up and listen to your favorite podcast. For a moment, just vibe with me. 
We on that grown man shit today. I like that vibe. I like that vibe. I'm going to start letting my host pick the song, because they be picking some good songs. All right, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's do it just like this. I will shout it off every week. Welcome to the Just Other Podcast, the greatest podcast to ever hit the airwaves. I am your host, Eldridge Washington, and I am super excited because I'm about to record the greatest podcast I have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. Go ahead, turn that up if you feel good about life. If you riding in your car, hey, 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 look, I don't know about y'all, but I'm a well-loved man again. Damn. <laughs> Week two. Um, today, man, I got a very important guest on the podcast before I get to that. Um, Keith, I know we got one review. Can we read that on iTunes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the people. We had one from our, uh, one of our, uh, regulars. Yes, sir. Mr. Estes, let me pull it up real quick. On the, uh, I just want to meet Joe Button episode. Hey, and, um, FYI, for you Patreon subscribers, you can go ahead and check out that exclusive episode on the Patreon. Yeah. Uh, it is not on your feed, it is only. For the Patreon supporters. Again, if you want to go uh, become a Patreon supporter, go to patreon.com slash justeldersmedia or go to justeldersmedia.com. For those who are wondering, what is Patreon? Why am I getting left out? That is for our listener listeners who believe in the mission. And we give you exclusive content, exclusive episodes, and we give you new shows. You'll be the first one to preview our new shows that come out before anybody else. Go to Patreon. You can support as low as $10 a month. Uh, shout out to those people that's giving. We appreciate y'all. You can't give them the production <laughs> secrets now. They can. It's okay. I can't find the, uh, what's called it? Here you go, right here. We could have left Earth, Wind, Earth, Wind, and uh, Fire playing. They ain't said little word. Hey, that's back in the day when the songs was long, too. <laughs> Easy to bring it right back up. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to drop it. <laughs> I know, look. That <laughs> was an asshole you were tossing to me. <laughs> it's your phone, though. All right, let's say. Uh, oh, yeah, we actually had two. Cool. Um, I seen it. I didn't know if that was one we read. Nah, nah, so let's check it. First from SD's Dope Episode. Great episode. A lot of great gems. That's J E M. Dope song, Elders. Let us know how we can download the song. <laughs> He said, I tried to Shazam it, boy. <laughs> Come on, Mark. You a hater, bro. Mark, you a hater, dog. Bro, the song is hater. undefeated. That man said he tried to Shazam it. How <laughs> you know. Uh, as always, keep up the great work and stay safe. Hey, man. Appreciate you, SD. Hey, man, I, I load the song. Up to y'all got to gotta quit. Y'all got to quit, bro. <laughs> y'all got to Got to cut his mic. You got to cut them haters. We got the hip hop doctor. I'm I'm about to bring him on in a second. Well, I might let him hear. Yeah, yeah, we'll let him hear at the end. Uh, Yeah, cut them haters' mics off. (laughs) Uh, Last one we got from Ray Joe Macko from uh, BBC. Not what you think. Yeah, I think you like this is a podcaster right here. Yeah, it says informative and funny. I gotta say, episode sixty was very informative and answered a lot of questions that I've had for a while. Yeah. Mm. 
I like that's, it. that's what we want to do. I like that. The women selected for the episode were great, along with the candid commentary from Keith and Eldridge towards the end. Y'all are crazy. Keep it up, brothers. Reggie from BBC, Not What You Think Podcast. Cool. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, with that being said, y'all, let's get into this next episode. Um, not too long ago, the world was shocked when we seen we lost a legend. Living legend who was the actor chose to portray most of our legends. Mm-hmm. Um, Chaz with Bozeman, um, him leaving us was a surprise to everybody. Uh, was even more surprised when people learned that, you know, he was been battling this battle with cancer and his health, even through some of our favorite movies that we've seen him do. Um, so that happened. I'm 30 now. You know what I'm saying? You know, you be trying to do more grown man. That's why we came in with a grown man song. Cause like, you know, you're trying to do grown man stuff. You 30. Um, I have health issues that run through my family that I see. Um, that I want to avoid. Um, my, my little shot that I'm dating, she a trainer, so she got me working out, uh, more than I normally have worked out. And it's Helen Button Dang. calling me back now. Dang. Uh, now I look cool. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to, uh, do better. So I, I, y'all know my, uh, my mentor is Derek Bozeman. Me and Derek, we riding. And Derek, uh, we just talking about health. He started a walking club and, uh, we just, They've been talking about how he's feeling and how he's been going to the doctors and stuff. And I was like, boy, I need to go get a checkup. He said, man, when the last time you got a checkup? I was like, never. <laughs> like, like, nigga, what, I had to get a physical at CVS what, to play football in middle school? Like, like I just ain't <laughs> I ain't been to the doctor, bro. You know, I'm a, right. I'm a country nigga. Like, <laughs> like, ain't no reason to go in there, right? So, uh, there immediately, he called you. And he did. He immediately called you, and he was like, nah, you need to go get checked out. Go holler at my dude. We're going to do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of applause to my new big brother, uh, my friend, Dr. MJ Collier, a.k.a. the hip-hop doctor. Eldridge, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Atlanta's own hip-hop doc, Dr. MJ Collier, is heard on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show on the radio consultant. Four, um, um, Radio One, which is now, um, how do they refer to themselves? Urban One. Yeah, Urban, Urban One. One. Yeah. So, uh, but we have been doing radio for the past 27 years and we had the longest running radio broadcast called Your Health is Important. And one of the things that we have found out is that there is a need, a desire, and a want for healthcare information. People are, they're just so happy to hear it. And whenever I do a public speaking, the Q&A lasts longer than my presentation usually because people have so many questions because they don't get an opportunity to talk to the doctor. And that's one of the things and one of the reasons that we're here today. We want to bring some good information to individuals and keep them healthy. You made a very good point when you were talking about uh, you haven't been to the doctor. Nothing unique to you, Eldridge. Uh, most men, their last or uh, their their interventions or interactions with the healthcare is when they get sports physicals or when they go to the military. And when they graduate from school, they don't go to the doctor again until they're in their forties and they're having a health issue. So that is a big, big problem. They will put armor all on those tires on their cars. They will take it to maintain every 3,000 miles they get in the oil change and kissing it. But they will not give their bodies that same respect. And that's, you know, part of the problem is we're not orientated to the healthcare system. You said, you know, again, you went to CBS. You didn't have a personal relationship with the provider. But, you know, women. They're orientated quite early because, you know, a young lady starts yeah. to have a menstrual cycle. She's got to go to the doctor. 
to one learn how not to get pregnant and two learn how to deal with female issues right. so that is they're introduced early they're familiar with their health care providers they go to the doctor all the time so and they continue to do so women are usually the matriarchs of health care in the family if there's a woman in the family she makes sure that the men go to the doctor but if there isn't the man just doesn't go to the doctor till he's having a health crisis and mm. i <laughs> didn't want to be that dude and thank goodness, because, uh, you know, me and we look at our health is if I can go to work, I'm OK. We <laughs> may feel like <laughs> yeah. so, hey, yeah. say that again. <laughs> if I go to work, I feel like, you know, you may feel horrible by the end of the day. But you go home and say, well, I'm going I'm to hit a, a glass of Jack and uh, I feel good if I sleep good. I wake up next day. I'm good. And so I'm going to the doctor tomorrow, but it never happens and it never comes literally until they're in the emergency room having, you know, a major issue. Like especially a heart attack especially when you get that ginger ale, you feel a little bit better. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> A little green tea and some sweet. <laughs> a little green the, tea. The robotus. The ro- robotus everything. So, so uh, for me, man. First of all, let me say this. Uh, I Just went sweet. to your, I went to your doctor's office. Uh, I, I actually was talking to Keith when I was in the uh, lobby mm-hmm. from the uh, beginning. You know what I'm saying? The vibe was good. Your guests. Uh, your employees that work for you, everybody was just good energy. The nurses were beautiful. You know what I'm saying? I felt like the the uh, I was having a great time. Right, Doctor Kyle coming there, put it on your pants. <laughs> Hey, look, look. Not look, immediately after we got to know each other for a few minutes. Look, look, he took me to lunch first. And, and then, look, you know, nigga, it's it just talking about being like, again, it's men, right? You know, so it's like, I'm like, all the way down? Yes, don't be shy. <laughs> yeah, they are dropping down to the ankles for any other circumstance, but the doctor asked me to do it. They barely pulled hey, it down a little hey, bit. Look, that's what I did. They I still got the underwear. Hey, on. look, that's what, what I did. I, I pulled, I pulled them up and I still have my boxes on. <laughs> Look, now you know, after after having that experience, I start dealing with my women a little bit different. <laughs> I'm like, Damn, are you ready? <laughs> are you right. ready? You gotta ask for consent. So but you know, I, I loved it because man, it was informative, like and I know like I come in for I've been coming in on the first to get my results. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm dying. Um but everything else looked good. Look, everything looked good. He, he didn't say nothing though. <laughs> But Com- we get confidential <laughs> confidentiality HIPAA rules. But again, you know, when you go to the doctor, you, know you want to make sure you get a comprehensive physical, not just the stethoscope on the chest and say, oh, you're breathing. So you're OK, because oftentimes that can be a conspiracy between the patient and the doctor, i.e. the patient says, oh, do we have to do that this time? Uh, do we have to do the rectal exam? Do we have to do the hernia check? We can do that next time. And the doctor will be like, well, okay, if you don't want to do it today, we'll do it next time. And next time doesn't come. So uh, I always make sure that while I have you there, we capture you and we do everything that we can do in that setting. And that may include an EKG, chest x-ray, uh, everything that we need. But a comprehensive physical will require you to get undressed. Period. And if you're going to the doctor and you're not doing that, you're not getting a thorough physical exam. Damn. And so it's very important that you do that. You cannot see the doctor and, and remain clothes. It's I didn't do none of that happen. last time. I was my physical. <laughs> See, I exactly. didn't holler at you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you I feel, I, all Buddy did was y'all like y'all like women doctor or men doctors better when it, when it's that time. So um, for me, it was just it was it was a relationship. You know, what I'm saying did referred and I don't know. I don't got an experience with a woman right. doctor. All I know is it it was like talking to like all right. We this is just another podcast. We can have a real conversation. Yeah. 
everybody don't talk to their homeboy. Like everybody don't either if it was you or for me it wasn't me, it was my homeboy who don't got fucked up, right? Don't got burnt, something like that. Right. And it's like, damn, bro, like I need to go to the clinic. It's like a real conversation you get to have. So with Dr. Claudia, it was like talking to a very knowledgeable homeboy on your health. You know what I'm saying? It was like somebody like Nah, nigga, you tripping. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to take. Check this out. This is where your pressure should be. To me, my experience now is like, oh yeah, I gotta have, I gotta have a brother. Man. I gotta have a brother. Just based off of what my experience was. Mm. Now I ain't ever had no. T- uh, I probably would enjoy the goddamn little pull my pants down a little bit faster if I had a bad. <laughs> I feel like both of them are super awkward, like because it's like it's always cold in the in the doctor's office. <laughs> it's never like gonna be a flattering situation, so it's like now nah, you might as well have the homie come, uh, the, the the brother come in because it's like I don't want no, you know what I mean? They're like, talking about small dick energy. You, you hey, you catch me on a good day, you know what I'm saying? So that ain't that ain't the energy, So energy so full in. best was you someone with a full physical though. Because Elger said he had blood drawn, too. Is that part of a full physical? Oh, absolutely. And you want to do comprehensive blood testing. Uh, People will ask me, they say, well, you drew my blood. What's my blood type? Well, that's not a part of a routine physical. You have to ask for blood typing. But what I always do is a CBC, which is a complete blood count that checks you for B12 and iron deficiency anemias. I do a CMP, which is a comprehensive metabolic panel that checks your kidney function, your liver function, things like your uric acid, just your general overall health. I do a complete lipid panel. I don't just check your total cholesterol because your total cholesterol could be normal, but when you break it down to the good cholesterol and the bad cholesterol, those numbers could be off. Hold on. So you do a cholesterol check during a comprehensive physical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and then also a a, a comprehensive thyroid panel. So, you know, instead of just a TSH, which is a thyroid screening test, I do a full panel because it doesn't answer the questions. And oftentimes uh, doctor's offices will compromise. And you can actually go to doctor's offices. They don't even draw blood on you now. They tell you if you want blood, they'll send you to, quote, a draw station, which is miles away. And you may go. You may not go. You know, know. see, everybody says, well, I'll go. But first, I'm going to stop and get lunch. I'm hungry. I'm going to get something to eat. And then you get a phone call. Then you say, well, I'll go back and get my blood drawn at some point. Next thing you know, six months going by, you're back to the doctor's office. And they're saying, well, we didn't get your blood results. Well, I never went to go get it drawn. So, see, uh, that answers most of the questions. You ain't going to do it with it. So, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, So why why, why why don't they draw it? Like, is it a liability? Is they lazy? No, they just don't have the uh, infrastructure in their office. You have to have a person that draws the blood, call it for bottomists. For bottomists. We got one of those. Santa Boo. Yeah, but also, you know, but uh, I draw the blood on a lot of the patients there, and they're shocked when the doctor does it because they say, I've never had a doctor draw my blood before. For real. Then they ask me, can you do that? (laughs) Well, yes, I can. Uh, So that's one of the things that you do. (laughs) But uh, a lot of the doctors, particularly when when there's a business model where the doctor is employed by the, the hospital, the uh the hospital wants you to go to the hospital to get your lab work done mm. because the cost is about uh anywhere from a hundred to a thousand percent markup on what it would cost you to get the same blood test. So you get a blood test in my office, it costs fifteen dollars, and at the hospital it may cost one hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars for the exact same test. There's just no reason to do that, that's but that's the business model of, of of the hospital model. So, you know, the hospital charges for lab tests. You know, there's a, let's say, for instance, things everybody's familiar with, CT scans and MRIs. There's an MRI place directly across the street from my office that will do an MRI on you for $500 cash, okay? But if you go to the hospital, it's going to be $5,000. So even if you got a health insurance policy and you got 20%, you, st- you got $1,000 out of your pocket right there. Mm. When you could have paid five hundred to get the whole thing done, the same doctors, the same machines, the same technology. You know why I love you? Um, you 
they had something what we call you know the celebrity barbers you know and, and they charge more you know what I'm saying? You the hip hop dog. If you go in his office, now you got everybody on his on his wall. Like you know, back in the day, you used to put the pictures. Like he got all the celebrities on the wall. Back in the day, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't do it no more. <laughs> it's on IG scroll. Now, now we just look on your Instagram. Uh-huh, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But like you know, but we don't own that, and so you know that's why we don't do it. So, <laughs> so uh, for I'm looking at all your celebrities. Most people become like the celebrity hip hop doctor, and they start taxing. Yeah, like you, you the celebrity doctor, and you still giving price. You just said fifteen dollars mm-hmm. for your versus one hundred and fifty somewhere else. So, I, I, why is that? And how did you become the hip hop doctor? What's that journey? Well, that journey of hip hop doc. I was doing a radio, and uh, I was a guest on a radio show once, and uh, it had very, very high ratings. So they asked me. They say, "Well, that might be a fluke." So they say, "Bring him back." And I came back again, and they, it was also very high rated. Then they offered me a position as a host, and so I was doing uh, a radio talk show called "Your Health Is Important." And again, it's the longest running uh, health radio talk show that's going on, and it would never be beat because nobody's doing radio now, and it won't last as long. You know, people come and go in the industry. So that that took off. I was doing a guest spot with Ryan Cameron on V103 mm-hmm. in Atlanta, the number one radio station here. He was doing the morning show at the time, and uh, and he just deemed me the hip-hop doc. And I tell you, I hated that name uh, when it first came out. I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to be the hip-hop doc. But I was at the gas station one day, and I was talking. I got a call, phone call, and I was on the cell phone, and the person next to me said, I recognize your voice. You the hip-hop doc. They didn't know my name. They said, you the hip-hop doc. So I said, okay, it has some cachet. <laughs> and, uh, and so I liked it then. I, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I, I marketed and, and owned that, that name now. So uh, the hip-hop doc is, is now registered. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a very popular name. And you, you, if you Google hip-hop doc, there are a few hip-hop doc perpetrators out there. But uh, I've been doing it for the longest. And, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely incredible, uh, the response that people have gotten, particularly young individuals, because it immediately kind of it takes away a little of the concern that they have they say oh you hip hop doc so you must be cool i can you go be to cool. you and that's that's why i was about to go to you like so how do we you know how do we change the culture you just said earlier the culture is dudes coming in their 40s when health done went bad how do you get young brothers like me mark or mine to start building that relationship with that doctor early because well, everybody that, don't have a Bozeman like I had. Exactly. But one of the things that we do, we give you a positive experience, and then you share that with your friends. Whenever you're gathering, I tell people, any place from your family reunions to you just sitting around playing cards or, or just sitting around drinking Henny or whatever, you know, talk about health issues. Henny. What What's concerned? What, you know, what is it that you're worried about? Uh, what are the things you should be concerned about? But, again, a family reunion, very, very important because you need to know what grandmama died from, what kind of cancer did granddaddy have. You say, well, you know, I don't know. You know, we we don't talk about that. And you should talk about those things to get your family's health history so you'll know what you're susceptible to because you have the same genetic code and the same building blocks, which means you are genetically predisposed no, no matter how well you eat and, you know, and how good you are going to the gym, et cetera. You still have that genetic predisposition. So you need to know those things that your family have. If everybody in your family has sugar, then don't be shocked or surprised if you get diabetes as well. But you, there are things you can do to prevent it. 
things you can do to delay the onset of it, things you can do to stop it from doing damage to your body. Uh, there are new treatments out for diabetes now that literally are like not having diabetes. And every time I talk about it, I'm shocked and amazed that people don't know about it. And these mm-hmm. drugs have been out there now for five, six years. I've been, I speak around the world literally talking about how to treat high blood pressure in black people, how to treat diabetes. And, you know, people are still being treated with medications that are 20 and 30 years old. Right. And, uh, and they're having poor outcomes and they're having amputations. You know, people with diabetes don't die from diabetes. They die from heart attacks and strokes that are a result of the diabetes, diabetes. and uncontrolled diabetes. But the number one cause of amputations, uncontrolled diabetes. And so when you see. Yeah, I see that in my you know, And they do not hesitate to chop, you know, the, they be the, the toes to, right? Right. and the feet off. You know, they say, well, we got residents in training. They need to know how to do an amputation. Whereas, you know, I will see them with a majority patient. They will do everything possible to save that to leg. Save. Right, right. They will do bypass. They will do stents. They will do balloon angioplasties, all kind of procedures that improve blood flow. But they see, you you know, an African-American person, they say, oh, you know, well, we it's can just do practice. an amputation without hesitation. You know, not knowing how that's going. Because once you start chopping off a person's limbs, and this is the, the way it goes. You get one toe. Then maybe you get multiple toes. Then you get half a foot. Then you get below the knee amputation. Then above the knee amputation. But the first time you amputate something off somebody, you have changed their lifestyle now. And most of the time, they end up on disability. And now they can't, you know, men in particular no longer can support their families. If you have a woman in the family, she can't take care of the children, the grandchildren. So you have changed the whole culture of that family now to one that, uh, you know, was functioning and, and contributing to society. Now they're on disability and, you know, can't do anything but, you know, wait on a check every month because they, they just are physically incapable of doing those things that they need to do. Damn. Yeah, that's great. I, I would say you hit Damn. something in the beginning of that, though. You said one way that you're trying to change the narrative and the conversation about it is giving people a good experience. Yes. And I can say personally, the reason why I don't go to the doctors or the reason why I would even have negative conversations with my friends or family about the doctors, because I've had negative experiences from the doctor's office, whether that was just being feeling super uncomfortable on the table. Um, I've experienced a lot of like uh, IBS things. So mm-hmm. I've gone to the doctor. They've done so many different procedures on me. I've had things stuck in me. I've had di- whatever and nobody can ever come up with an answer. So it's like I've always feeling like it's a waste of time. I don't feel like people are there are knowledgeable all the time. Um, and so I, I say all those things to just say, like, how do you uh, give somebody a positive experience to be like, yo, I want to come back here. Or I'm going to tell my friends to come here. Like what made you know what I mean? Like what even elders, you can kind of jump in on that, too. Like mm-hmm. what made you want to even talk more about it? You know what I mean? Uh, well, I'll let you say it, but I'll just say everybody's office is real. Like. And y'all know me, like, I be needing to see my people. So I walked in, I seen my people. Mm-hmm. The nurse, she was super cool. We yeah. just had a whole conversation. Like, I mean, we talking that thing. Blood, I'm like, oh, they ain't even feel it. Like, right, right. I mean, she, okay. she can't, you know, I don't, I don't do needles. That's why I ain't got no tattoos and that like that. So, like, I ain't want to do the blood draw. But, shot, like, everybody was just cool. It was just great. It was customer service. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was customer, it was, it was. Customer service for me. It was customer service, but it's also culturally sensitive health care. Mm. It is very Say that important. Again. Culturally, culturally sensitive. I like that. So when you have a, a, a person that doesn't understand the black experience, you know, and I'm not saying that going to a majority doctor is bad because sometimes it's necessary. Uh, you know, if I'm getting surgery. I love how you say white. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 if that's the case, then it's important to do just that. Uh, if, I, if I have surgery, I may not even get to know the doctor's name. He comes in and says hello. Pre-ops me, does the surgery, and after he sees I'm stable, I don't see him again. That's a procedure. But for an ongoing, continuing relationship with who I'm going to call my primary care provider, to have a good outcome 
and to have good patient care, you have to have a team. It has to be the right patient and the right provider, and you have to work together to do so. So uh, your experience is they bring you in, they do all these procedures on you, most of which are unpleasant. Mm. They're going into places you never want them to go. And then they're not giving you answers. They're not telling you, well, this test showed this, so we need to do this test. And that is what I see all the time, uh, particularly some of the major hospitals. Uh, Patients go in. They do what I call a wallet biopsy. They see what your insurance will pay for. <laughs> they order every test that you're insured. They never even consult on what the results of the That's test so are. Real. You know, and they'll say, well, I'm, this doctor's ordered this wallet test. This doctor's on that, that. Yeah, they do anything that they will cover. Real. You will go to the hospital for an ingrown toenail, mm-hmm. and you come out with a $500 flu shot, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you could have gotten at the Walmart for 35 bucks, you know, but it's hospital rates for what I'm talking about. But I see people come out and say, why did they give you a pneumonia vaccine and a flu shot? And I'm like, you went in the hospital for something totally and completely unrelated. You know, I can understand good health, but they could have just said, follow up with your primary care, right. tell him to do these things, and cut your costs down tremendously. Uh, so it is, it is very important that you have a doctor that understands the black experience. One of the best cases that I had was a person person that came in with a skin rash right they had been to a dermatologist they had had biopsies they had all these various treatments and it hadn't gone away mm-hmm. now your grandmother could have looked at that and say oh that's just ringworm that's mm-hmm. just tatter all you need you put some blue star on that it'd be gone right you know a five dollar jar of ointment so to speak ointment yeah <laughs> put some ointment on that put some blue star on that clear that anybody would have known that for sure but this person went through all it and they scared they got cancer they worried about all this and i told them i say oh no that's just ringworm you know but you know, to be honest, you know, the doctor told me, I had never seen it before. Right. You know, I never seen it look like this in a black person. And it's the way it always looks like in black people. Mm, but, you know, but it's just literally you have it, to understand the black experience. Is so. that is that why you hear a lot? You hear a growing movement where uh, a lot of sisters are saying, you know, like, listen to black women. They're going to these doctors and sisters are dying during uh, pregnant like. That move. Have you been hearing that? Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, there are two things going on with women's health. One, black women still have the highest death rates uh, uh, for delivery and and postnatal care. And then the the heart attack rates in women is going up exponentially because a black woman goes to the emergency room. She may not have traditional symptoms of a heart attack. She may not be having chest pain. She may just have uh, pressure in her chest and it gives her a sense of anxiety. So they say, oh, you're just having a panic attack. We'll give you a Xanax and send you home. And she goes home and have a heart attack and die. And so this happens over and over and over. So there's a new sensitivity, particularly among African-American providers, about taking care of our own people. Uh, that was, I was charged with that. I went to Morehouse College, best four years of my life, bar none. But then uh, I went to the Medical College of Georgia in Augusta, which was a phenomenal medical education, which is why I decided to go there. But they literally had professors that would use the N-word in the classroom. Mm. And so it was, you know, and I'm sitting there. I wore a three-piece suit to class every day. You know, and, I'm, and I always sit on the front row just to say, okay, I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm not affirmative action. I earned my position here. They all say, oh, you know, you could tell they were thinking, well, you know, you took that position from, you know, a good majority student who would have, uh, who needed that. And you're here instead. But then once they say that you actually are capable. And sometimes more than capable than, than some of the other students, then they say, okay, good. Yeah, maybe this is a good right. experience for you. But I had one professor who was very good. And he told me, he said, I want you to, the, the topic of the day was sickle cell anemia. And mm-hmm. he said, I want you to pay particular attention to this because you're going to be treating those patients. And, uh, you know, I said, well, okay, but everybody else in the problem will be too. He said, you'll mm-hmm. be treating them more than they will. Mm-hmm. And that was very good advice, actually. Mm-hmm. And I Absolutely. took that as a life experience. So, uh, you know, everybody there wasn't negative, but there were enough of them there to do that it was negative. Uh, but, uh, 
now under that circumstance, I say, okay, I need to learn about the disease processes that negatively impact African Americans. Mm-hmm. So that's heart disease, heart attack, strokes, high cholesterol, etc. So I had a couple of mentors that were cardiologists, uh, Dr. Paul Douglas and Dr. Calvin McLaurin. Uh, they have the largest black cardiology group in the country, uh, you know, and amazing, amazing skill sets. They do things other doctors don't do and have not done. They taught me so much about taking care of, you know, of cardiovascular disease and people. So people say, aren't you a primary care doctor? How do you know this? How do you know these things? And so it's, uh, I'm one of the few primary care doctors that has actually lectured uh, to cardiologists about various disease states. I was one of the first primary care doctors to talk about Viagra. You know, when it first came out, because it was actually a cardiovascular drug, uh, you know, that was used for pulmonary hypertension. But they were using it on these 85-year-old veterans at the VA who hadn't had an erection in 15 years. And they're walking around in those uh, hospital gowns with the back open and the front poking out. And so somebody said, wait a minute, we need to see what's going on here. And they found out that, that that molecule caused erections. And so... It took off from that point. It became what we know as the number one ED drug <laughs> in the world. You know, the little blue don't pill. Don't cause blindness too, though. Uh, well, it can cause a uh, blue vision and or blindness, but I don't know anybody that's going blind from Viagra. I know. Have I you heard of Blue Chew? Yes. What you think about Blue Chew? <laughs> well, it's okay. I don't have a big opinion on it one way or the other. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. uh, it yeah. works. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it works. It, you know, I have not seen a person. You know, the number one side effects of a product like Viagra are usually headaches and visual changes. Uh, I've never seen a single person that has taken it and it worked for uh-huh. that say, "Well, I'm not going to take it anymore because it gave me a headache." They just have a headache when they just going. Well, what about the gas station pills? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> that, that, you you that, have heard that, me that say yellow, that yellow hornet. <laughs> if <laughs> if <laughs> you don't hear anything else for me today. So he'll, not, talk, he'll talk about those. Do not buy your pharmaceuticals from the Bulletproof gas station, okay? And your pharmaceutical product. Extend horny goat weed. They got a whole thing. And what amazes me is that people buy these things. Yeah. I've had people come to my office. Well, I Keith. took this last night and now, now my heart is racing. I'm having chest pain. What should I do, doc? You know, Get back on top of Only, only take half. <laughs> get get back on top. You ain't finished. Never double the dose. Eat half. Or whatever. But, you know, the thing is that people have positive experiences with those those products and that's why they keep using them. And again, the word of mouth. They say, man, I got the, 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 the go pack at, at, at the service horn. station and, and it worked wonderfully. So you tell your boy, then they go get it and everybody but Only take half. See, <laughs> see, I ain't gonna lie. See, that's why content is king because there's this creative called Big Jai, and they pay him to make commercials for uh, Bluetooth. So, man, this man has the best commercial. Man, he got the finest girls, and they all leave out his house in a wheelchair. <laughs> I've seen that. They come in and say, "Is your mother living here?" I see the wheelchair. They say, "No, that's for that, you. That's for you." <laughs> That's for but you. Why do I need it with you? You'll need it tomorrow. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. Um, oh, we're talking about like, especially black men in healthcare. Um, the elephant in the room. How much does having a primary care physician cost? Right? You say brothers will spend money on cars. They'll have a, a, a religious. Yeah, how much do I owe you? <laughs> how, how, how how much is it for them to? feasibly put it in their budget to say okay this is my barber this is my accountant with or without this, insurance this is my doctor yeah with insurance if you can get insurance off the internet now you know if you go to the exchange and purchase your insurance uh it's still expensive it's probably cost a single guy with no substantive health problems maybe 800 dollars a month mm-hmm. uh i can take care of you for much less than that but that does cover you in case you need to be hospitalized 
being hospitalized now is the number one cause of bankruptcy in the world. Okay. It used to be in the good old days, the hospitals, they make so much money. They say, well, we know you couldn't afford it, so we'll write it off. No. No, they don't. (laughs) Now they don't. I was fixing my credit uh, about two years ago, like, and I didn't even remember. Exactly. The, 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 The hospital visit was so insignificant. I don't even remember. I remember they gave me like a Tylenol mm-hmm. or something, and I I didn't even remember it. Mm-hmm. But it was on my credit. On your credit because you have a payment, and it don't go away. You find out like you going to buy a car or something, or you trying to apply for an apartment, and then they they do a credit check on you. See, you got liens from healthcare providers, and you know, and they can be you can have had minimal interaction, and the cost is astronomical. Mm-hmm. And, they gave uh, me a Tylenol. I know. Yeah, and it is. I had a patient that went to the emergency room twice with coronavirus symptoms the third time they went they finally got admitted the first time they wouldn't even test them the second time they did test them and said they weren't sick enough whatever that means third time they were sick enough and admitted to the hospital the cost for the first two do nothing visits seven thousand dollars yeah i mean seven thousand dollars for an emergency room visit in which they didn't get a tylenol i mean because they were telling people at the time if you have corona don't go to the doctor don't come to the hospital just stay home and self-quarantine for 14 days who does that? I say when people get sick, I've never seen in my practice lifetime what a disease state where they say, if you get sick, don't go to the doctor. No, and they exactly. were turning you away from the emergency room. That was just crazy. So yeah. I have been treating people throughout this pandemic uh, in my office. I, I actually have been doing testing in my office. I'm actually treating those symptoms so that even if you have it, it's like if you have the flu. There's no specific flu medication, but I can treat your cough. I can treat your congestion. I can treat all of your symptoms. And that's what has been lacking with the coronavirus and other disease states. Can I tell you, I, this is what I want to know, because you are, I mean, just a very impressive brother. Just listening to you, I'm like, man, I feel more knowledgeable what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming to see him. I'm signing up. I think what, are you, uh, where are you from? I'm a native Atlanta. Native mm-hmm. Atlanta, born and raised. Raised in the SWAT in, in Ben Hill. Ben <laughs> Hill. Directly the neighborhood where Ben Hill United Methodist Church is. It's called King's Forest. And my family home is still over there on King Henry. That's King Henry up. Road. So yeah. what was your exposure? What made uh, MJ Carter from the SWAT be this doctor you are? Well, uh, let me tell you, you that. from the third grade, that's all I ever wanted to do. Uh, my mother, you know, kind of helped with that. But I always wanted to do it. I never considered anything else. As a matter of fact, when I'm doing my career day speeches at schools, I tell people I always have an A plan, a B plan, and a C plan don't ever have just an a plan and because i never considered anything else when i was in high school i had a scholarship offer from georgia tech and the representative from georgia tech came over to my high school uh to offer it to me and they called my name over the intercom you know millard collier come to the principal's office and you can hear everybody in school go "Ooh, you know because i never went to the principal's <laughs> office you know that didn't happen and so it's like what did he do we knew he had something going on and so i get there and i didn't want to even talk to the guy because i said i'm not going to be an engineer i don't want to go to georgia tech and uh and so i i really just i was so obnoxious when i think about it uh you know but i just really had nothing nothing you to knew. say to him you know yeah i knew i just hey. knew and i said oh so i was focused uh i ended up uh getting a scholarship to morehouse college and then a scholarship to miller college of georgia so so that, but it, it was just a plan, you know. But people, I have friends uh, who have, you know, planned on being a physician, and they didn't get into medical school. And see, if you go to college and you are a pre-med major, that is a totally worthless degree. 
it has no value yeah, on the market yeah, yeah. because it means I was prepared to be a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I know nothing. I'm too educated to work at a minimum wage job, so nobody wants to hire you because they know that you're going to leave as soon as a school opportunity comes up. And so, you know, so I say major in something else, major in pharmacy, uh, major in nursing. I really highly recommend that because you can work and make a lot of money while you're still in medical school, plus you're learning a lot. Uh, so, and the pathway now to things like a physician's assistants and nurse practitioners, those are, are, are very viable degrees that give you an income that's comparable to a lot of doctors and uh, it's a great lifestyle and and it's half the time and half the uh the school debt so you don't have any problems uh, you know from that perspective so I, I i tell individuals you know healthcare is always a field that you can get a job the day you go any place you move to and so if you say look i want to live in dc i want to live in new york i want to go to vegas you get a job that day. And you're you going to be sick yeah, everywhere. No problem. Yeah, everybody's, and and it, the aging baby boomer population is going to require a lot of care. So I don't care what you do in healthcare, you, you, you'll have an opportunity to work. It's, it's very good security. And so if it's other things that you're interested in doing, you say, well, I like healthcare. That's my fallback, but I want to do music. I want to do uh, yep. know, dancing, socializing, whatever. Uh, I want to be radio. You, you got those things that works out great. If it doesn't, you got a fallback on that you can take care of yourself and your family and not have to move back into your parents' basement. You know, this is a big problem now that we're having bounce back uh, your young people who are trying multiple careers and they, they have not been able to take care of themselves. And so they're having to, to, to do that. Uh, and, you know, just to be able to survive because you, you can't make enough to live, you know, uh, without, you know, a viable skill set that somebody's willing to pay you for. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, um, because you're talking about schooling, right? Yes. Um, I saw a report that said, like, for black doctors, like black, especially black men getting into medical school, mm-hmm. the numbers have just dropped they astronomically. Have, they have dropped like, astronomically. Can you speak to that? Uh, absolutely. The number of black men, one, there are more black women that are going to college. Okay. Black men aren't even going to college anymore. But then getting into medical school, uh, even at, say, for instance, at Morehouse School of Medicine, yeah. uh, the majority is more women in the classes than there are men. And uh, one of their missions now is to create a pipeline that can get black men going to medical school because that it peaked maybe 10, no more than 15 years ago with the number of black men. And it was never more than 13% of, uh, of medical schools across the country. Mm-hmm. And now as the number of black men going down, you have, that's why you see more female physicians across the board, mm-hmm. but you know, but black, people people to take care of black people we need to have more minority physicians period uh in the pipeline but definitely black men and it is a real crisis in healthcare across the country multiple uh medical schools that are predominantly black there's howard university meharry in tennessee morehouse school of medicine here uh it's one out in california uh they're trying to partner together to come up with a solution for this problem and the, the problem is also the solution takes time you know, you got to get them through high school, then you got to get them through college, then you got to get them through medical school. That's a 15, 20 year process. Are, are, are there Sheesh. any are there any pipeline programs that we could uh, shout out over the pipeline? Because I know for me personally, I went through engineering pipeline. Yes. So they got me in eighth grade, um, came to my school, <clears throat> got me in eighth grade, and every summer until I was of college age, they would take us on like different trips and teach us something of engineering. For like a month every summer. So and pay you. And they gave me a stipend. Yes, gave you and a stipend. And they gave me a stipend. So when so when I was a senior, although I could probably could have went to FAMU, I chose Fort Valley because I was like, well, they've been investing in me every summer. Every summer. And, like, I already know some of the campus, and I know what this program is. And, like you said, they gave me a stipend. So are there any pipeline programs? Shout out to CDEP. 
Uh, are there any pipeline programs like that for uh, yes, healthcare? Yes, yes. Morehouse School of Medicine has one that uh, I'm one of the, the faculty for. Okay. And unfortunately, didn't have it this year because of corona. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, but having those types of pipeline programs and they're developing, trying to do more and more. One of the issues is funding, yeah. of course, because nobody's going to come now if you're not giving them a stipend. And the stipend has to be substantial enough to keep their attention mm-hmm. uh, in doing so. But even in the pipeline program that we just had, there were more girls than boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we still have to find a way to capture the imagination of young black men who, you know, the first issue that we have is about the third grade, they start to lose interest in science because they're challenged by math. And so instead of just, you know, uh, getting a tutoring program or somebody, there's nothing complicated, even about medicine. I tell people, it's just a matter of having the tenacity to get through it. You don't have to be brilliant to be a doctor. You just have to have the wherewithal to complete the training. And you said something culturally sensitive. I don't think that STEM is taught culturally sensitive. The only reason why I got so in love with math is because when I had a difficulty, I had an African teacher, Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Lawson, shout out. And um, he broke down to me how Africans were the original mathematicians, how they were the original scientists. They were. The medicine. After I found that out, I'm like, oh, you're not going to take take ownership from me. You know, I'm I'm going to claim this. So I think that, that too, like maybe... Um, more culturally sensitive uh, STEM pipeline, I mean, uh, healthcare pipeline programs, and also um, funding specifically for black boys. I don't know if that's an issue in the healthcare realm, but I know in some STEM fields, um, and then nothing against the black women, but they have specific grants that are like put to the side and says, you know, these are for black women. I'm I'm real hard pressed to find the ones for black boys, and they they that's one of the the things that they have been made aware of that they need to focus on black boys. And one again, the expectation is there that they are capable of doing the work, not that this is anything special or that they you know we really have to work with them. It doesn't require right. all of that. You know, some of some of the, some of the, the the most brilliant people. If you just talk to them, you find out wow, this kid is smart, but they just yeah. haven't been challenged. You haven't gotten their interest in science, Eldridge. and so you know that's. What I guess. So that nah, we talk about it on this podcast all the time. I uh, I just I fell for the trick. A lot of our young boys are falling for the lie that you know what I'm saying you ain't smart, you ain't you don't know this. Like I'm the same dude I was in high school, thought the way I thought, leadership the way I had it, but I never it never transferred over to my academics. It was everywhere else. And my one of my biggest mistakes, I was in an all white school. Mm-hmm. I was in an all white school, so they held me to a standard of sports, athletics academics they never challenged me on that they never tried to challenge me they just wanted me to shut up and dribble that's all never never challenge you never put it forth as an option for you and and they will use a black athlete in in all of these schools and then once their eligibility once they've gotten what they can out of you or they get somebody better Mm. all of a sudden you go from being a star player to you know uh we're not going to renew your scholarship next year yeah and so you know this is a a big problem in in uh, college football right now and all college sports uh, you know, we really have to take charge of this. And, and one of the things that's, that's being talked about is that we want to have change in politics. If we want to have Black Lives Matter movement that matter, uh, all these millions and billions of dollars that are being generated by college sports, these athletes used to need to say, hey, until you do this, we're not going to play. And it's amazing how quickly they would respond to that mm-hmm. because, you know, the ultimate color is green, and that always gets, you know, a, a response when you cut the pipeline. It's, it's the majority, man. It's, it's, it's one of them plays where, you know, when you do take that stance, people are scared because take that stance, who's going to take it with me? 
And then if I take it alone, am I willing to make that sacrifice? And the and, consequences. And that's, and that's what people are scared and of. Come, because what they'll do, they'll crush the you. They'll, they'll crush you. They'll take they'll, they'll be like, if it's only a few of y'all. Oh, like, yeah. They, they can do it without you. Yeah. But you, so it has to be a cohesive unity amongst the group. And there's power in numbers, of course. And, and people can do that if they rise to the occasion. But if they'll try to separate, isolate, and, and you know, and treat this one person greater than the other person, they say, well, you know, you can do it. You can't do it. We don't care. And, you know, and that's going to be a problem. So it's going to require some leadership uh, at that level. And, and, again, but total response from the entire group. You can't just uh, pick and choose your leaders, uh, you know, from that perspective. You have to have everybody buy into the concept. And that's one of the opportunities that we have here. And I'm just hoping that it doesn't die down in the next six months. You know, with the Black Lives Matter, we have had a cohesive unit, people marching in the streets. People are doing a lot of great things. But, you know, the, the attention span is so so quick. And plus, the other side is looking mm -hmm. for ways to, as you see now, they are concentrating on the one or two rare violent events, whereas the, the message is getting lost. We are already starting to lose the message again about Colin Kaepernick and kneeling. We're starting to already get pushback about kneeling at basketball games and football games again. So, you know, that's where we are with that process. And, mm -hmm. and health care is the same way. And But getting individuals in the system People buying into the system for health maintenance versus we are the I whole healthcare system is for acute care, it's for crisis care. You get sick, you go to the doctor. We don't look at maintaining health or staying optimally healthy. Mm. Uh, that may mean you know doing things like taking supplements, vitamins. Can you talk about your? I mean, can you talk about your supplements too? Okay, like oh, you, absolutely. We have in, in the, to he hooked me up and to address oh, that. No, we, look, look, I promise you, I, I was like God Almighty, it was at Westcare. We had to, uh, you know, create our own line of products to uh, optimize the health of individuals. And That's people dope. say, I'll tell people, I say, look, this is what your products need to be. You don't have to get them from me. Mine's are the best, of course, because they, you know. You ain't they, lying, they, bro. They, I got that wheelchair, bro. Yeah. What, 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 what products are they? <laughs> you ain't lying. We have uh, multiple. We have, but the number one product that we have right now, particularly during the coronavirus crisis, is vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D has been recognized by the CDC, by the World Health Organization, and by a variety of different countries, and even uh, here in the United States, as the, the number one immune-boosting supplement. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's diagnosed with any type of cancer, the first thing to do is put them on vitamin D. If they are diagnosed with the coronavirus, when they discharge, they don't give them prescriptions for antibodies, but they tell them to pick up vitamin D. Vitamin D. So vitamin D, vitamin C at a dose of 1,000 milligrams per day. The vitamin D needs to be 5,000. The, the, the unit of measure is international units, 5,000 international units per day uh, to optimally boost your immune system. Mm -hmm. There are vitamin D tablets that are three, 400. Those, that's a total waste of time. You mm -hmm. need a therapeutic dose of whatever it is that you're taking. Omega-3 fish oil, which is God's gift. Really, it's anti-inflammatory. It helps cut down on the incidence of heart attacks and strokes. Basically, everything that negatively impacts black people, omega-3 fish oil helps with. And, and then probiotics. We were talking about GI issues earlier. You need mm -hmm. to be on probiotics. That will change your life. Uh, because one of the biggest problems that we have now are food allergies, and that's what uh, manifests itself as the GI symptoms mm -hmm. that you have. So... GI for those out there saying you have to go boo boo, gastro uh, gastrointestinal, intestinal, gastrointestinal, yeah. and so if you have gastrointestinal issues, it's usually because there's a breakdown in the lining of your intestines. Right. Okay, that's called the leaky gut syndrome. The leaky gut syndrome. Ooh. That doesn't mean that you have something leaking out your butt. That's not what it is. But it's on a cellular level. The lining of your intestines is like a filter, and if you think about a screen door on grandmama's door back in the day in the country. 
And as long as the screen the screen is intact, the bugs can't get in and the air can come in. Mm-hmm. Well, some bad little kid always takes a pencil and punches holes in the screen door. <laughs> so in this situation, the lining of your intestine has holes punched in it right. that allows molecules of food to come through that normally just go through your stomach but don't get inside your bloodstream. Mm. Well, protein will get in protein molecules, let's say from red meat, will get into your body, recognizes it as not you. And you have a reaction to it just as if you got a kidney transplant that didn't match or a blood transfusion that wasn't appropriate. So it creates inflammation in your gut. It may just be bloating, diarrhea, a little nausea, something like that. It could be full-blown bloody stools. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it just depends. But if you have enough of those types of things happening, you're going to have a lot of your body now become sensitized. Mm -hmm. You're going to have things like eczema, skin rashes. You're going to have asthma. The number one associated disease with asthma is allergies. And so you control the allergies, the asthma symptoms go away. So I'm definitely coming to see you because even just the way that you broke that down is never. Been, it's like bye. once again, you know the black experience. You know what's, how to talk to me where I'm going to hear. Marcel mm-hmm. Higgy, now, been jacked. It's up. been jacked up since college, and I've, like I said, I've been through all these different procedures. So um, you know, we'll talk more when I actually get into the office. But the the question I have, Hitler yeah, the, <laughs> the, the the question that I actually have is like, can you speak to the entrepreneurs, like the folks that don't have the traditional. Um, insurance right mm-hmm. and we kind of just living every day Good we question. just going 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 maybe we're eating once or twice a day maybe we're sleeping a few hours a day um you know what can an entrepreneur do insurance wise like healthcare wise mm-hmm. and then also if you don't have that health care maybe just a few things we can do every morning or every evening to kind of help us. Okay. Well, the things that I recommend, I call it Dr. Kaya's trio for good health. Okay. And that's every day, no matter how old you are, no matter whether you're male, female, young, old, you take these three things, vitamin D again at 5,000 international units, omega three fish oil at a dose of about 24 to 3000 milligrams. And then the probiotics, those three things will probably add 10 years to your life and 10 quality years to your health. That means you don't have Alzheimer's. You're not having erectile dysfunction. I call it the Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. You're still dressing nicely and you're still dancing. So you're still enjoying life. Because nothing is worse than having a long life and having uh, health issues and infirmities. You're in a wheelchair or, you know, you can't control your bowel and bladder. You're a burden on yourself and your family just trying to take care of you. You know, you don't want to be that person. Right. You want to be a, a healthy older person that's still living life. And, you know, one minute you're there, the next minute you're not. That's the way you want to go. You want to go and come at the same time. Or come and go at come the same time. That's, a, that, that, that's really good. And I got yeah. one more kind of like question to go along with that. You specifically as a black man in the healthcare industry and you realize all of these things that can help us, right? How do you practice self-care? Like what does that look like for you? Like do you have any routines that you do every day or every evening? That like, is absolutely a great question. Uh, well, one of the like things I do, I have all of the products that I that I have on are my website are products that I take. Uh, I do also uh, try to uh, meditate, uh, try to get, and I call it, you can either meditate or pray, but you basically allow your mind to relax and empty itself of all stressful thoughts. Mm-hmm. And because I'm still a black man in America catching hell every day. That's that's what every black man in America is I doing. Say. You know, so, uh, so you have to take that into consideration. So I really, really... Uh, I go to church on Sundays and I really, you know, live for Sunday. I call it Sunday preparation for Monday. And so that's very good. And again, try to, um, monitor and maintain the things that I eat. I will eat a Krispy Kreme donut, uh, on occasion, but I don't live on them, you know, but, uh, but also, you know, qualities that you eat and quality of foods that you eat. And, you know, again, part of the problem is that no matter what you eat, 
the foods in our food chain today are just of such poor quality. Yeah. Yeah. The poor quality. The vegetables in the 1960s, you could eat a salad in a six-inch salad bowl that had more vitamins in it than your entire meal would have in it today. Today, the equivalent to that would be a mixing bowl, which is now this big, wow. uh, with lettuce, tomato, and all those sorts of things. And you're still not going to get the quality of nutrition you got in the 60s because the soil is not uh, re-enriched the way that it used to be. Mm. They used to allow crops to rest, yeah. but now as soon as one crop is harvested, they barely plant something you, else. You see they rotate it, right. and then they put all these chemicals in there trying to enhance the soil. Right. So it will make stuff grow, and it may look pretty. Uh, sometimes it's the largest watermelon you've ever seen or no whatever. Seeds. Yeah, no seeds. But it doesn't have any nutritional value. Right. And so you have to take supplements to boost your nutrition. It's very, very important. There's, there's, you know, Those few things will do it. I also recommend that you take a complete multiple vitamin with iron and minerals on a daily basis. Now, that's the key phrase, complete. You can get a multiple vitamin. And I have people that will come to my office with a grocery bag with I got my vitamin A and I got my vitamin C and I got my vitamin E. This is what I take, Doc. That's a waste of time and money. You can get it all in one pill that gives you everything as long as the label states a complete multiple vitamin with iron and minerals. What's a brand? Just really quickly. Well, you, you don't need a brand. You have, this is the next point I'm going to make. Say, do you have one? Or? I don't have a complete okay. multiple vitamin. It's just too too complicated to produce and they're readily available. Okay. And so the key thing is that there's no, a vitamin is a fixed chemical formula. Either it's a vitamin or it's not. There's no better way to make it. Gotcha. Either you make it or you don't. So you should be able to get 100 vitamins for 9 bucks or less. That's a three month supply. So, okay? the, so when you see the difference in pricing, when you go to Walmart. That's just branded. You're paying for a pretty label or a celebrity endorsement. Okay, <laughs> because Lee Haney does this, or you know, or Luke Kevin Hart pills cost like thirty five bucks. Exactly, but it's and the same. So thing. It's the same thing. A vitamin is a vitamin. Now I don't know Damn, what he sells, Kevin. but it might not be. But for a complete multiple vitamin as a Boot product, you come with a wheelchair. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I would say that you get a bottle and make sure you know the the key thing is anything that you're taking doesn't work if you don't take it right. and all of us have bottles of things that are sitting on the counter unopened or you took it once or twice <laughs> and then it's in there yeah, so you keep your vitamin I'll by your toothbrush you you wake up in the morning wash your face brush your teeth take the vitamin mm-hmm. the biggest problem that we have now is well i'm gonna wait till i eat something there's hardly any tablets now that exist that require you to eat food with them. We just do out of habit. That's what grandmother used to tell us. And sometimes on the label will say take with food, but you don't have to take yeah, it Yeah, I was going to say, Doc, because I, I have those gastro problems. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, I take a pill on the empty stomach. I'm running to the toilet. And I'm, you know. Well, see, the biggest problem is <coughs> technique of pill taking. Okay. You take the pill. Oh, Most of go. us, this is what we do. This is good info. We get a glass of water. Uh-huh. We take a sip. We take another sip. We take the pill. We take a sip. We throw the rest of the glass of water back in the sink. So we've taken three sips of water. So ah, what we have now ah. is a wet tablet that's sitting on our stomach like gum. Okay. It is highly irritating. And after the outer coating breaks down, you'll be burping it up. It makes you nauseated. And that's, that's even with vitamins. Wow. You'll, you'll taste that. So you say, oh, that medicine didn't agree with me, so I'm allergic to it. No, you're not allergic to it. If you take that same tablet and you take a full glass of water with it, it will melt completely, be out of your stomach and into your system in two minutes. Bottle. So, Damn. yeah, it, that's, that's, it. I mean, even just that, that was a great tip. That's, that's definitely a pearl yeah, to take away from. But if you don't believe me, just do an experiment. Take two glasses. Fill one up about an inch. Put a peel in there. Fill up to the top. Put a peel in there. You don't have to shake them, stir them, right. stir them up. And then just watch right. and see what happens. Right. And it's just, just physics. you know. And when you see that full glass of water, just sucks that peel out and, and, and mixes it up good, you'll say, wow, this is what happens in my stomach. Yeah. And so, And I tell people, if you're taking more than three pills, you probably need another glass of water. 
we don't drink enough water anyway, so that would just you know. it, that would just get you going in the morning. You, you drink know. two big glasses of water. Good, just make sure you use water. the bathroom before you leave the house because you'll be stuck on our twenty with yeah, a full bladder, and yeah, that's man. stressful. It is. So, <laughs> so well, you I, got you got a question? Guys. Yeah, I, I got a question. Um, because one thing, the other thing I, I like to know too is um, for people who are are growing in their communities, right? Mm-hmm. How how uh, the business model of starting a local clinic, like a lo- uh, uh, primary care. Yes. Play, like, how can we get more of those in our neighborhoods than liquor stores? Mm. Uh, what uh, is, what very difficult to do because of the cost of starting a practice. I don't know mm. if I can start a practice at this point. Uh, I've been practicing, you know, many years. Yeah. And, uh, and, and back then, you also could get assistance from a hospital system that could help you set up, if you will. Mm. Or, you know, the traditional model, you would join uh, maybe an older practicing physician's practice and then uh, practice with them for a few years, then they retire, then you take over the practice, and the business model continue. But now, it's, you know, it's so rare to find a doctor that's in private practice. Most of them are employees now. They work for the hospital system, and they don't, they don't own anything. So there's nothing to live uh, or share. If the hospital doesn't put a clinic in that neighborhood, there won't be a clinic in that neighborhood. And so there are uh, underutilized resources, uh, community health centers that are here. There's uh, one near here called Southside Medical Center, uh, which is absolutely fabulous. I mean, it is literally like the Taj Mahal. The place is so beautiful. It's one block long. It's three or four stories tall and uh, absolutely incredible health care. Everything from vision to dentistry, you name it. But it's underutilized. People don't know about it. You know, they say, oh, my tooth is hurting. I can't go to the dentist. It's too expensive. You can go get quad. My dentist works there. And he also has a private practice, but he's the chief dentist. I hired him when I was the medical director there. And uh, he's and, and I left and he's still staying there. But they have total and complete health care system in place. Southside has nine of those centers around the the uh, 285, mm. but there are others that have them as well. But it's called uh, uh, federally supported community health centers, and free they are clinics. everywhere. Well, they're not necessarily free. Sometimes they can be. Free. Well, I mean, when people used to call it a free clinic, free, like, yeah. they say, "Hey, they can right. be free." You sit down to the free clinic, right, yeah, right, but right, they will right. charge you. Yeah, but it's, it's minimum. It's pennies on the dollar for whatever. You know, they, they see what what you make, or if you don't make anything, it might be free. But if you slide, do, it's, it's many. Scale. Yeah, but something sliding scale. That's the term. So if it was, let's say, a dental procedure that would cost you two thousand dollars in the regular dental office, it may cost you fifty there. Right. And mm. so it's uh it's it's absolutely incredible the types of, of things that they have. But for a physician to just quote hang a shingle out and open a, a practice, very difficult to do now. Do you think? Do you think we'll ever be able to go back to back in the day where the doctor just come to the house? Oh, in the uh, bag. Oh, I, I make house calls, but uh, they're expensive. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're expensive. So that's a, you know. That's I'll a, meet you at your office. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's more another way. level of clientele. I do this called concierge med- medicine, and there are people that are more than happy. You know, they'll pay for your services because they they have it and they want it. So they say, well, look, I need you to come see me on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to do so. You know, but there's a cost associated with that. I mean, that. especially celebrities. You don't want to be in lobby waiting areas exactly. and all of those other That's things. exactly so, right. They yeah, want yeah. some, some uh, prayer privacy, and they get everything they would get in my office right. I can literally do at, at their home. I, I will carry nurses with me, equipment. It depends on we what you bring they nurses, are. too? Oh, I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I bring nerves. I bring everything. So so that can be done. Uh, and, again, that's how uh, uh, one of the things about being the hip-hop doc and, you know, and taking care of celebrity clients, they tell the other celebrity clients, and they say, oh, man, you know, if you want your, your favorite shot, celebrity, you know, whatever. 
Uh, Favorite celebrity? Man, man, I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> I love them all. Yeah, I can't, I can't name uh, one. I can't violate the privacy by saying they're my patients. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah, I okay. can't say that. But, but a lot of people that you know, and uh, you know, really, uh, you, you know, could have said Eldridge. He <laughs> failed. He failed. I did fail. I'm he sorry. Fell. You on Eldridge's platform? Let that one just go. That was a that was a layup right there. I didn't smack it down. Nah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna do this before we wrap up. Just you know, you've been wanting to do this since third grade. That speaks to who you are. You seen a vision? Can I ask a question for you? Wrap up. Yeah, I know you about to wrap up, and I like to ask every doctor about this. Do you discriminate against your patients that partake of marijuana? Oh, I know absolutely keeps, not. I know they keep some brothers away from going in because yeah. they're like, hey, I'm, you know. No, 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 no. Uh, have not and have, uh, you know, I understand it. And now everybody else is recognizing this is therapeutic. It's, it's natural. It, it solves whatever ails you, so to speak. Uh, I prescribe CBD oil to a lot of patients for a lot of disease states, and I'm actively seeking a license to do marijuana therapy. Uh, yeah, so and one of the few doctors that, that. Uh, yeah, one of the few doctors that's willing to talk about it. I, I literally go around the country talking about this because doctors didn't want that name affiliated with it. Oh, talk about and it. And so uh, they said, well, no, I can't talk about marijuana. I say, look, one, people are smoking marijuana right. or using marijuana in a variety of different ways. For sure. And so uh, you got to go with the flow from that perspective. And so it is, uh, you know, very important that you, you know, treat treat the patients the way they need to be treated. You have to come to them. Right. And so if you come to them and patients say, hey, I smoke recreationally, I do it, you know, it's not like you can get addicted to marijuana. You know, my personal opinion, I don't think this is a problem. And most people that do smoke, it relaxes them. It will lower your blood pressure. It will decrease your stress level. Uh, and so people find major benefits from that. So I'd rather they do that than take a Xanax or, or some prescription pills or uh, a hydrocodone or oxycodone right. for their pain. So you're not worried about the... Um the how they're saying that that industry <laughs> you know worry about how they say the industry um the marijuana industry may kind of take over the healthcare industry because like you said people are finding out that the cbd the tac is natural and it's, it's cheaper than some medicines and i'm getting relief from blood pressure and i don't have to take all these blood pressure medications Per se. Well, you might get improvement in your blood pressure, but you're not going to get control of your blood pressure. Okay. It's, it's more than enough health problems for me to take care of that they don't address. Gotcha. But for every day, you know, I'm in America. <laughs> I'm still going to have a job. Right. Like yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah, more than enough things to do. I'm not worried about that. But again, I don't see it as adversarial. I'm trying to work with that industry because I see the benefits for so many patients and people. And uh, and, and again, it's a topic that I'm, I'm very well versed on as far as a provider is concerned. I do conferences on it all the time, and I'm, I'm usually the medical expert there uh, because you know they have a lot of people everybody's trying to get in the industry now mm -hmm. you got a lot of lay people uh, who have no medical experience they got a lot of personal experience mm -hmm. and they can tell you know Facts. what works with this that and the other thing that's why they got to change the question i'm sorry to cut you off but it's just like they always say do you smoke any weed smoker is gonna be like smoke what like you know what i'm saying nah. like you gotta ask do you smoke uh yeah. cigarettes or do you, you smoke marijuana you partake, you partake nah, in i don't ask that question i just ask do you smoke cigarettes okay and if you don't smoke cigarettes then that's the end of that question line of question officially okay you know now we may have that conversation uh you know but i tell people don't uh you know have on your medical record anywhere 
that you know you partake in something that you shouldn't partake in, oh, or wow. that's illegal or something like oh, that. Oh wow! Because if I go in there and just tell you them. know, yeah, no, well, no. exactly. You may have that conversation, but you don't necessarily want that to be auditable because under some circumstances, TMZ people ask for your medical report. records, right. and you may be you know hadn't even thought about that. You you getting your medical records because of a health issue that you have, and they pull on there and say, oh, oh we see you do oh, methamphetamines wow. and cocaine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a whole yeah, it's a whole yeah. different uh, you know attitude right and everything else and. And again, it's not something you don't necessarily uh, not want to share, particularly under some circumstances. Right. You know, the anesthesiologist who's getting ready to put you to sleep, he needs to know Absolutely. what drug, you know, you could have drug, drug interactions <laughs> or whatever. But it's not important for me to know that under a lot of circumstances, or at least if I know it, I may make a note about it, but I don't necessarily have it so anybody else would understand right. what that means. Okay. Uh, because it's, you know, it's we are too oftentimes put in the system. Drugs are the number one reason that black men are put in the system. And once you're in the system, you in the system. Your life is totally and completely different. You can't get a job. You can't, you don't qualify for, you know, certain loans, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and over something like that. Over, you know, you had an ounce of marijuana. Are you kidding me? Right. You know, and so now they're trying to clean that up, but they haven't cleaned it up. And so people are still in jail. You know, for marijuana busts, uh, you know, they, they arrest women whose boyfriend had marijuana in their apartment together, and they just lock everybody up. Crazy. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, and now so the family's disrupted, the kids are living with grandmother. You know, it's just, it's, it's totally disrupting the culture unnecessarily. There's no benefit to society for doing that at all, but it happens. So, uh, again, I may need to know, we may have a, a conversation, but I'm not going to put certain things that somebody else can pull later and say and, and use against you. I like that. Mm, respect. I like that respect. So, going back, like I said, man, first of all, y'all see why we had to bring them on. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, I felt that when I first met you and Bozeman told me I should have brought you on, but like I said, since you were three, you uh, had a vision you've manifested so uh i just want to know what is your vision for i was as we close up what's your vision for our people health wise mm. you know what i'm saying if your vision was to manifest all the way what do you want to see from us and oh, how do one, we get there? i want to see black men in particular that is my charge my challenge and uh you know looking out for the health of black men i take care of black women as well but that's easy but black men for the past uh, 20 years i've been in charge of a health initiative uh, with 100 black men doing, um, you know, prostate cancer screenings. And what we found out was that you can't just concentrate on one disease state. You got to also do high blood pressure. You also got to do cholesterol. You also have to do diabetes. So, you know, we bring it to the community. We do uh, health fairs that literally screen thousands of people at absolutely no cost, almost $2,000 of health services for free. Uh, at, you know, we host them quarterly around the city in various places. But that gets people introduced to the system. Oftentimes, too, when people, uh, again, they hear you. I do have a forum being on the radio. People hear you. I've had people go to the emergency room and, you know, and say, my doctor, Dr. Collier. And then they call my office and say, we have your patient, you know, Mr. Jones here. And I say, well, I can't find his, his medical record. What's his date of birth? And they say, well, when was the last time he was a doctor? Well, I've never actually been to your office, but I heard you on the radio, and I want you to be my doctor. So, <laughs> that how about so to be? He came on the podcast. I told him I was coming. I told him I was coming. So, so that does happen. Yes, but, uh, again, getting – getting. Hey, that black folk for you, bro. We'll we claim anybody. We claim, there you go. But that, that's good. At least they're willing to claim. But, again, a forum like this, this is great uh, for you 
you to bring that information to people that are listening to the podcast and say, hey, get yourself checked. We used to call it check yourself health fairs. Get yourself checked and uh, give yourself the same routine maintenance that you would anything else you care for. You know, don't have a 95-inch flat screen in your man cave and you hadn't been to the doctor in five years. That just makes no sense. Mm. And if you, if you really just put, uh, you know, a few dollars aside uh, routinely for health care, it's much less than, than – buying insurance proper but again you still don't have coverage if you go if you have to be hospitalized or if you have to have a surgery and so those two things would literally bankrupt the the average person but uh if you you know for routine maintenance getting your blood pressure checked your complete physical those things are well within the the uh the pocketbook of anybody you know they just have to plan for it yeah. and uh even so you know there are certain things that are compromises that can be made you know and i try to help people out uh, but, you know, there are some things that have real costs and you have to take care of that and you say, OK, look, this is what you need to do. And, um, you know, just plan on doing this and I'm going to see you back in six months. So you got six months to try to, you know, put aside a few dollars uh, so you can get these things done. But the longer you wait, particularly with things like dental care, it always, you know, gets worse and much more expensive much more expensive when you let a minor little trivial thing get out of hand and then you got to have some procedure at the hospital or some diagnostic so test it's, it's cr- next. and you know what and brother it's, it's some sister too because i ain't gonna lie another reason why i called you it's been it's that conversation and and i'm dating a little shorty you know what i'm saying so she we having conversation <laughs> and she uh <laughs> he's so stupid uh so she was like you know when last time you don't got checked when you don't did this so like just in that i said the same day i set my point with you I got my appointment with my dentist actually tomorrow. Uh-huh. So I go to Mouthpiece, Mouthpiece, uh, Dr. Wells. Shout right out, there. shout out. Yeah, yeah. Black uh, on. Uh, black on, black on, three locations. Uh, All right. So, uh, man, I appreciate you, brother. Anything you want to say? How do people find you? How do they catch up with you? Well, you can find me on all social media at Ask A-S-K, Dr. MJ. Ask Dr. MJ on all social media and then go to my website, lipodrops.com, to find out about all the supplements that we have available to boost your health, boost your immunity, and to just improve your overall general the way you feel. So go to lipodrops, L-I-P-O-D-R-O-P-S, and take care of your health. Make health care a priority in your life. You want to feel good, look good act good have a long and healthy life you don't want to end up with a heart attack or a stroke you don't want to end up with alzheimer's disease and men you do not want to end up with erectile dysfunction where no matter what you do nothing is working you want to make sure that that's happening and number one piece of advice prostate health we were talking about that uh prostate cancer number one way to keep your prostate healthy is frequent ejaculation okay don't tell me that this episode has been brought to you by only fans now that's that's good right there i do have one last question my bad elder throw you off a little bit but this is serious though because like you know once you get out of a certain time after you get out of your parents care I don't even know the process to get in, in the doctor sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm speaking for a lot of other people that I know. How do I get into your office? Just call the office, and my people will take care of you. They'll, they'll hold your hand and nurture you through the process. It's not complicated, but it can be intimidating. It's totally and completely different than, say, going to the emergency room or going down. A lot of people get their regular care at the emergency room. It costs a thousand times more and it's very intimidating all they do is pushing papers in front of you and and asking for your firstborn and every penny you're going to make for the rest of your life so you come to my office my people will will help you through the paperwork is a is a very unthreatening and unchallenging experience but we just have to have some basic documentation so 
I know how to get back in contact that's with what's up. you. You know, and that's, I, and that's yeah. yeah. I just wanted to hear that because I just you know once again sometimes you just don't know. All right, so you don't. Yeah, yeah but man. we got it. And you can reach me at my office seven seven zero nine four eight fifty four hundred. The name of my practice is Atlanta West Primary Care on one exit west of Six Flags Over Georgia Amusement Park. Thornton Road, yeah, like you going to to Birmingham. Get off at Thorn Road. As soon as you get off the exit, I'm right next to the Home Depot right there. Like you going to Rome. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm about to, about to stop on the way out. Yeah, yeah for real. He literally right off the exit. That's what right I'm saying. That's, what That's good info. Mm-hmm. So we have to go that way all the time. So with that being said, uh, y'all, thank you again for tuning in to the brothers. Watch your health. Watch porn and jack off. Uh, that's what I got out of this. Uh, we say it every week. We love y'all. We need y'all. Most importantly, can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Just Elder Podcast. <laughs>